Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. Today's very, very special episode. We got to sit down and have a heart-to-heart, beautiful conversation with the incredible Sister Cody. The beautiful spirit of Sister Cody. It was such an amazing conversation. If you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that this one means a lot to us. We resonate with Sister Cody's spirit so deeply. He is just a pure vessel of love, of joy. And when you hear him speak, when you see his art, you can't help but just to immediately align to it and immediately open yourself up so deeply to that love. So you guys yeah. are going to love this conversation. His work is really, it, it really truly does come across as, as very beautiful medicine that helps to center us back in, in any moments of distress or just even any moment that you, that you need a reminder of love and just kind of like the simple things that really matter in life. His work is really potent for that. And we recorded this podcast on Ram Dass's birthday, which is special for us because we love Ram Dass. And a day tomorrow, before my birthday. <laughs> and a day before Valentina's birthday. So it's a beautiful trifecta of free butterfly spirits coming together. I'm going to explode. I love it with my whole soul. We are all just walking each other home, pretty mental family. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. All right, you guys, and before we start the episode, I want to introduce our sponsor, Resonate with Sarah, a digital agency that runs YouTube ads, Google ads, Facebook ads. They run organic social media and so much more. Email copywriting, uh, digital copywriting, basically all of your digital needs. And I love them because they're all about using the master's tools to to basically play in this the game of this world. So they don't stray away from topics of creating ads on the internet and bringing in more money because a lot of people typically, especially if you're doing some kind of like spiritual work, they say, I shouldn't be asking for more money for my services. These are just my gifts. But that's not what this is about. As we learned with the podcast with Alexander James, calling in money is, is and money is an energetic and resonate with Sarah is completely aligned with that. And they want to align you with that. And they want to introduce you to the world and amplify you to the world and your messages and your offerings and to not shy away from bringing in boatloads of money. Because as Sarah, the CEO always says, fill my cup so I can fill up the cups of others. Mm-mm-mm. We love resonate with Sarah. Check our show notes to read more about the company and dive into their services. And with that Pretty Mental family, it is time to tune in. It is April 6, 2021. We are opening up the space, inviting in our highest selves, inviting in our guides, our angels, our ancestors, inviting in all of the love, all of the joy, inviting in our spirits opening ourselves up as pure vessels for whatever messages want to come through for the highest healing of ourselves, the highest healing of everyone in our community, everyone they come in contact with and the highest healing of this planet. We open up our hearts. We open up ourselves. We open up this space. We are open. 
Sister Cody. Sister Cody. <laughs> I am so excited to be saying that name right now. Your name. I can't, oh, yeah, so I can't believe we, we have you here. This is. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is only like the second time I've done something like this. So this is really exciting and new. Oh, what an honor for us. Oh, honor for me. I'm excited to be here and that you guys have created the space to um, create something so cool and beautiful like this. We oh, resonate yeah. so much with your spirit. We both do. Thank you. And I I remember when I first encountered your art, it just, it's so spirit led. It's so just heart mm. open that you can't help but feel so much love when mm. you see it. Thank you. And I feel like I mm. can just see your spirit. So yeah, you're an amazing, an am oh. I just said spirit like 20 times in the past minute, but <laughs> it's just who you are. Like I've, I uh, like see you're human, but I see your spirit. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, totally, totally. And I can't think of any cooler compliment or anything more beautiful. And I see your guys' spirit and I feel it. Um, feels like the same. Feels like mine right now. I can't tell whose spirit too. I'm telling you. I told you. <laughs> this is, I swear to God. Here we go. I'm telling you. I I literally was like, Paula, if we get Sister Cody onto this podcast, I'm going to explode into confetti because I just feel like <laughs> we are so, I just resonate so deeply with how much you love that I'm like, yes, yes. We come oh. from the same source, you know? I, mm. I see it so clearly. Mm. Oh, Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Yeah. Thank you for seeing me. And I do know that's because you guys do see yourself on a deep level like that. I know that because, um, I don't know. I know that you can't feel this from me unless you were to have felt it from within yourself. So it's a lot of the work you guys have done. And I know people that feel this so much. It's, it's really just a reflection of you guys, which is the crazy thing. <laughs> and I feel lucky, like I'm like, I'm in the company of two very bright souls and like, just so happy to be here. Oh, can, you, can only go I mean, up from here. Yeah. Can we even just dive in a little deeper there? Because that, that concept is super fascinating. And it's yeah. something I've seen you talk about on your platform quite a bit too. Um, this The concept of how we are reflections of each other. And, and just uh -huh. a little deeper into what you were saying about the only reason that we are really experiencing that from you is because we've met it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it comes back. Um, well, why I view myself and the way I view myself is love and spirit is because of all the darkness that I went through for six or seven years. And I talked about that more. I can go into detail. I don't know how much you guys want to hear about that. But basically what I'm trying to say is through all the darkness and dying over and over again to who I thought I was, the only thing that was left after all those years of sadness and darkness and paranoia was this sense of self that I've tried to label it all these other things and different identities, but it all just dissolves back into love, into the spirit. So after all these years of struggle and darkness, the only thing that was left after everything was this awareness, this spirit, and this love. And coming to know myself is that truly from like the, the deepest parts of my being, I, I know in that same moment that, 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 that who I am and what I feel within myself has to be who you guys are has to be who everybody I looks at is. I mean, because if I know that I'm love in this spirit, how could you guys not be? Whatever you believe in, call it God, the universe, creator, life, whatever anybody wants to call it. If I'm made from that and I came from that place, well, <laughs> then everything has to be a reflection made in that image. So if I hate somebody, I hate myself. I hate myself. So that's why I see that, um, that's why I say kind of that we're all just reflections of each other. Cause although we're taking on these unique experiences and paths and bodies and personalities, what's underneath all of that when we die or the awareness is, is all the same. You know, what's so beautiful too. I think today is Ram Dass's birthday. It is. No it way. is. So cool. so cool. He's been a huge influence in my life. Huge. Uh, he's a huge influence for mm -hmm. us too. Yeah, there's a quote that he has, we're all just walking each other home. And that's something mm. that I, it's been in my my Instagram bio for, since I got Instagram, like I, mm. that quote is so real. Mm. It's mm. so real. I think about that all the time too. Mm -hmm. It's why you have mm. your platform. It's why we have this platform. It's, you know, and, and why we say we're just normalizing being human because mm. can we just love ourselves and give each other love on our way home? 
Mm, mm. I do actually, and Valentin, I think you do too. Uh, we do want to hear your a little more detail of the mental health journey. Super curious about what that yeah. journey was for you. I mean, this is <laughs> it is a mental uh, platform, so we want to normalize all those dark experiences and make it something that is should not be clouded in shame and secrecy, but rather like let's dive into it and explore. Okay, it. well, buckle up. Okay, well, let me see how I get. <laughs> let me see how I get started on this. Okay, so it would have been about seven years ago. I'm just trying to I'm trying to summarize a billion experiences in just a short amount of time because I could talk about one individual experience for so long. So basically, seven years ago. Okay, this might make me a little bit emotional. Seven years ago, I was living with my grandma, who was like my mom figured out she had cancer and then she didn't have long to live. And I was um, taking care of her with my family living with her. So at that time I had already been questioning spirituality, life, death. That's what I thought about my whole childhood. Like I just always thought about these deep things and then seeing her, somebody I loved so much going through this process of dying and then really questioning all of it at the same time and seeing her like deteriorate and this really, um, really kind of nasty, but raw human real way. Um, just like really kind of struggling later in her life and then questioning all of these things while taking care of her. And I was working at a psychiatric hospital where I was working as a counselor for homicidal and suicidal teens after college for about two years. And this was all in the exact same time. So I was literally waking up, going to work, working with kids that have suffered rape, abuse, the worst things I could ever imagine, um, seeing the worst things I could have ever imagined. And uh, that every day, that energy, just seeing that, and then I could not get over this thought, like uh, I don't deserve to be happy because I'm working with all of these beautiful kids every single day and they're so unhappy. I don't deserve to be so happy. And I just carried this guilt and that kind of spiraled. and mixed with my grandma. And then, um, man, I just remember having this conversation with a patient and he was in there for murdering somebody who's 15. And I was talking to him and I connected on such a soul level that I was him and he was me in this conversation. And I, and I saw the purity of him, even though I knew that I was talking to a kid that just murdered somebody. I knew where he came from. I knew his upbringing, his, all the trauma that he had been through with his family. And I saw that why he did the way he did and not justifying it, but I could see why and his mind just snapped, even though he was this pure loving spirit and his mind just snapped where he killed somebody. So I think that drove me to think, oh, if somebody this pure, this soul that I talked to and connected with, and I know that they're me and I'm them, their mind can suffer so much trauma that it could cause them to kill somebody. I thought, oh man, if this is me and I'm him, that could happen to me. And then for years, that kind of spiraled down the deepest, darkest rabbit hole I could have ever imagined. Um, just thinking I was really going to end up like that. I mean, I was so convinced that I was going to do something horrible, um, horrible. And I remember the day it happened. I, I remember the single moment it happened, all of this. I was supposed to go on um, a vacation for the first time in years of work and I requested off and I was so excited, but all of this was going on. And I, um, right before I left on this road trip, I was in the shower and I was questioning this thing. The kid told me my grandma dying, life and death, what's the purpose, all this kind of stuff. And I fell down in the shower. And um, at that moment, I did not know who I was. I mean, I can't, I'll never be able to put it into words to anybody to really accurately depict how horrible and scary it was for so many years. But that was the first moment where everything changed. And I was laying down in the shower, so confused. Thought I was dying of some cancer, or some brain thing I didn't know of because I didn't really experience anxiety and depression as a kid. And I didn't know anything from there. And this lasted for years of this, like, felt like a, like a permanent mushroom trip, a horrible permanent mushroom trip for so many years. And it was like, 
just the darkest rabbit hole. And I just got so scared of my own mind. And I didn't know who I was. I didn't know anything anymore. I could look at a towel. I wouldn't be able to even tell you it was a towel. It was so foreign. I would get in my car and have to pull over because I didn't know what a car was. I didn't know how to drive. I was like so out of my mind and to the place where I had to like hide knives every day. Like I just had to hide them. I didn't like looking at them. I didn't like the energy because I didn't know what my mind and this fear would do over time. If one day I would just do something horrible to myself or to somebody, never had plans of killing myself or anybody or anything like that. But I was just so terrified of my own mind because I saw what it did to kids. I saw what it did to people in my life. Beautiful, beautiful, pure people that suffered so much trauma and I guess after a certain amount caused them to snap and do something that was life-changing and I was just so terrified of that and like I said that was the very beginning that was the first day I can remember it physically happening like I can I can picture it feel it all of that the first day and then from then for two years after that I checked myself into like hundreds of doctors I got brain scans I got heart scans I got hooked up to everything you could think of thinking I am for sure dying of something that they don't know. I for sure have something like cancer or some tumor or some crazy thing that nobody's picking up on. And then after like two years of everybody's like, nah, you're just like, <laughs> nah, you're just like crazy. You're just like, you're just like bipolar. You're just like schizophrenic. You're not, you know, you're, you're good. It's just, you're just got a bunch of mental <laughs> disorders is basically what every doctor told me and tried to give me medicine and I didn't take the medicine, but then. After that, those two years, I finally just realized, oh, maybe this is part of my spiritual journey. But then that kind of was messy itself. And it really did last for about six years of living in that paranoia, that paranoia and that darkness every single day. And when I say every day, I don't, I don't remember a single second or a single breath that I had that felt free in five or six years. I mean, I just... I, it's too hard to even explain it. Like to put it into words now, going back because I haven't told all of these details in this story. Um, it's so hard to describe the loneliness, the numbness, the grayness of this feeling. Like like it was worse than it felt worse than death because I was alive but I couldn't breathe, and I was in a. It was just really bizarre. <laughs> Sorry if some of that's making sense and some of that's not. I'm trying to kind of put it in words for the first time ever in a way. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started and it got dark and that was like basically when it all happened and my mind snapped, I would say, or the losing of my mind, the beginning of my spiritual journey, whatever you call it. Yeah, I mean, that makes made sense to me. Mm. Um, a lot of what you were describing with the knives and everything, it sounds like, you know, I, I work with a lot of OCD mm -hmm. and this is something that I see happen all mm -hmm. the time is... I mean, it's an exact, I mean, these diagnoses, like they're helpful, but they don't mean, they don't explain everything. Right. But right, the right. way that I've experienced it in my practices and even with myself with some OCD tendencies that it's whatever you really value, mm. your mind becomes hyper fixated on anything mm. that could threaten that. Mm. And mm. I'm not saying that's exactly what you had. No, totally. That makes perfect sense. Okay. But there's, there's similarities there. Right. And mm -hmm with the knives and, and for you, what I hear is like you valued love mm -hmm. very deeply and you mm -hmm. valued loving and caring for people very deeply. And when you mm -hmm. realize that as a human being, that could be a mirror of human beings, darkest propensities mm -hmm. that that mm -hmm. could be in you just as much as it could be in anybody else. Your mind started working overtime to try to prevent you from acting in any possible way that could be aligned mm. with that. Mm, mm, mm. I would say that's true. I've never heard anybody put it in those words, but yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. How did you mm -hmm. keep going during that time? I don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, I always had this, like, even during the lowest times, there'd be like this, this little string of hope. There would just be something there that would keep me going. Like I knew that I honestly don't know sometimes I because I, I just thought sometimes how am I going to make it another minute? How am I going to make it another day? Um, but I just kept this hope, this something inside of me. I think it was my spirit. I don't know. Just kept going because deep down, I always knew 
like I felt like I always deep down knew that I was in somewhat control and that that I could turn this around. I think like I always knew that. <laughs> so what was your journey of turning it around? My journey of turning it around. Okay, so it's <laughs> a crazy one. So first couple of years, it was like pretty much manic. It wasn't even, I was meditating a lot. I was journaling a lot, but it was like trying so hard to figure out my depression and my paranoia and my anxiety as a math problem or a, like a, something I had to find a solution to. So I was always seeing it as like this, this math problem, which was the total wrong way of going about it. I mean, I was so crazy. I was, I would fill up journal and journal and journal day after day and write down every single thought that I could, that I thought that came through my mind. And then every thought that came from that thought. And then, so it'd be like journals a day filled with just what my mind looked like. And then the next day I would go and analyze it, see if I could draw what thought led to what thought, what led me to this place, what led me to this. So for many years, I was looking at it like a science problem or something where I think I was missing the spirit of it because I was trying to get the, what's wrong with me? I thought there was going to be this one answer. Oh, you're this. Oh, you have brain cancer. Oh, you're dying of this. Like I thought I was going to eventually figure out an answer to why I was the way I was, but it was just basically ended up being after that a lot more of just unlearning and seeing this spiritual journey as, hmm, this is tough. I've never really talked about it like this, but I guess my awareness, as my awareness grew, as my consciousness grew, I started to get really into meditation and mindfulness practices. And then over time, I could start to see how every single thing held energy and everything I did affected me either negatively or positively. And it took me a lot of time to realize that. And even on a more subtle level to the thinking, to the foods I put in my body. But when I was so hopeless and depressed and in a dark place, I didn't believe that anything could help me. You could say, eat healthy. I said, yeah. And, okay, for, what are you talking about? You don't know me. I'm in such a dark place. You think I'm just going to eat some fruit and feel better. You're crazy. You don't know where I'm at right now. But then I started to see as I just make this more my way of being, this lifestyle and become more conscious of everything I do. When I started moving my body, I started getting sun. I started spending hours in meditation and breathing and all of these things over time helped. And it was still many years of struggling, even with doing these things. But over time, it helped bring me in this awareness, this place of awareness, this spirit, what I call my realist being, my most authentic being. And then I could finally, after years, see myself as something outside of the pain and depression and the struggle was for so long. That's just who I thought I was. And I think what kept me struggling so long was just holding on to this idea that I was this depressed, crazy, paranoid person. I could not let go of that. And every doctor I talked to said, you need to be on this medication. You're diagnosed with this. We need to just work on managing your symptoms to live a normal life. And like, I held that so close and held that energy with all of my being that I was crazy that I didn't even give myself a chance to live a new reality. That's all I knew. And that's what energy I kept feeding and kept feeding and kept feeding. And over these years, I realized that I was causing my own problems. And I kept feeding into this negative energy. And I kept thinking that I was a crazy person. And I kept thinking I was depressed and all the thoughts that would go along with a depressed person that I never allowed to see myself as something outside of that. So over time, as my awareness grew and grew and grew, I could finally start to see myself outside of that, which was the first little shifting point. And then from there, just keep growing in awareness. It sounds like you shifted from the disease model, which is what our mm -hmm. Western right. psychological system is rooted in. You shifted mm -hmm. from the disease model over to, to a spiritual model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's two mm -hmm. different ways of approaching some of approaching these mental health challenges. I think it's possible to combine both. I definitely see issues with us approaching our minds from only the disease model though, which I think is kind of like the challenge that you were encountering, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Where it's totally. kind of like simplifying the whole human experience to, oh, this subset of things that you're experiencing, that is depression. And so you need to get medicated and it's going to take over your right. life entirely. And you should actually be really scared of it. This is horrible. This right. is that thing that they talk about. 
And so then mm-hmm. that freaks us out and keeps us further in the loop. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And that's like a lot of my family back home, they've been labeled with depression and anxiety their whole lives and been on medication their whole life. They haven't even got the chance to know themselves as something outside of depression and anxiety. You know, they've never even got to know themselves. They've never even got to entertain an idea of being something other than a depressed person and an anxious person and grandparents that have been on um, depression and anxiety medication now for 50, 60 years. So I'm like wondering if they have like, what were they like before that 50 or 60 years ago? And did taking all of this medication over time, like, I don't know, my grandpa and grandma have just been kind of sad, you know, and that's all they've known themselves to be. Oh, it just runs in the family. You know, it's genetics. We suffer with depression and anxiety. That's like, I wonder if they ever knew that they could even be something else. That's so real because we have Mm. depression, quote unquote, and anxiety and a few of those things in in our family. And in our family, I remember I had a, a period of time where I got really depressed for like, God, it was like 10 years. It was a a long Mm -hmm. ass dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I ended up going on medication. And I remember I saw myself as a really dark person too. Like I saw, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of a depressed person. That's just my journey on this earth. I'm just a little Mm -hmm. more dark than some people here. And Mm -hmm. I remember hearing, uh, you know, it just, that's our genetics. It just runs in our family. But there was always with me too, this like this like butterfly that just wanted to come out that Mm -hmm. like it just Mm -hmm. kept me going Mm -hmm. and I slowly I got off my medication and I Mm -hmm. I tapped back into my spirit and it was Mm -hmm. it's crazy that these when we diagnose you know I do think that there is a place for for medicine but when we Mm -hmm. just jump to labeling someone it's kind of just you know you when you do that you see this human life perspective as like, oh, you're a human and you should function this way. And because you're not, here's your medicine. But then it's, mm-hmm. it's an, it's an oversimplification mm-hmm. of yeah. the human mm-hmm. experience that, that leaves mm-hmm. out the spirit completely. Mm-hmm. Cause when totally. I started, totally. like when I tapped back into my spirit, I'm like, oh my God, I am beyond this human vessel. This is wild. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. human vessel, mm-hmm. I just happen to be in this Valentina body, you know, but like, I am you, I am you, I am, I am that tree. I am everything. And totally. when we tap into that, it's how can we be depressed? How it's like this medical model is so limited, so limited. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And what I had the problem with when I was working in the hospitals, when they say you're depressed or you're sad, you're a depressed person, you're a sad person where now as I identify with this awareness and this spirit, yes, I may be feeling sad. Even a day I may feel depressed. Like if I get bad news from my family, like I did last week, like I may feel depressed or sad for a day, but that doesn't mean I am depressed. Cause when I say I am depressed, that's, I'm saying that's who I am, but I know that I'm my spirit in this awareness. So I may say now oh, I'm feeling sad or I feel a little depressed today or I feel gloomy, but that's okay because my relationship with it now isn't that it's me. I'm aware of it. I can feel it and not even be super uncomfortable now when I feel sad. I almost not enjoy it, but I welcome it knowing that it's here to teach me and it's a part of life and it's also part of the richness in life. And if I wouldn't have experienced so much sadness and darkness that I wouldn't be able to shine this bright in this world and I wouldn't be able to smile so big if I wouldn't have gone through all of that and the sadness and the depression and all of that and all of those experiences are what's made me who I am today. So now being grateful. It's like we are led to believe that these deep sadnesses and these anxieties mean that, oh, something is wrong. That means you're about to go down a dark path mm-hmm. and your life is doomed. It's like, right, right. No, we're here. We're just terrifying. And then you start right. buying into yeah. the story and then, and then you start trying to figure it out. And then, so now mm-hmm. you're ruminating and rumination actually increases depression because yourself, mm-hmm. you're focused on the self. So now you're in your head and you're trying to figure it out, which is what you were describing, Cody, which mm-hmm. I've definitely struggled with. Cause I, I mean, I'm a therapist, like I have a very mm-hmm. analytical mind, right? Right, so right. The journey for me has been also through meditation was a big turning point, I think for us Mm. as well. Um, Mm. But it was cool because in meditation through Vipassana, which is what we were originally trained in, Mm. it was okay. No, these are energy movements that are literally just moving through your body. This isn't, 
it's mm. not an identity it's not who you are like it, it goes it flows in and it flows out and you observe it but i've been going through a lot of changes lately and like my cat recently passed away and mm. and so I'm i was sorry. thank you so i was feeling down and you know that old kind of that old energy came back in of like you know sadness or could mm. this be depression or so i'm like mm. okay let me google this i'm gonna i'm gonna google the quote like i like looking at quotes of whatever emotion i'm experiencing i've always loved doing that mm. Mm. and so i was i was like let me google quotes on depression i just want to see what poets have said about this and different writers have said about this over time and mm -hmm. everybody was like depression is this thing that comes and it takes over your soul and it's this darkness and I was like oh like this is horrible and <laughs> totally. then, and then I came across it scares you you know that's mm -hmm. like oh my god is this that thing are they is this the thing is the thing yeah. happening to me yeah. <laughs> and then I came across um writing by Rainer Maria Reich right which let's see if I can and it was completely different i was like yes this feels so mm -hmm. much more true to me it said why do you want to shut out of your life any uneasiness any misery any depression since after all you don't know what work these conditions are doing inside of you why mm. do you want to persecute yourself with the question of where all this is coming from and where it is going since you know after all that you are in the midst of transitions and you wish for nothing so much as to change if there's anything unhealthy in your reactions, just bear in mind that sickness is the means by which an organism frees itself from what is alien. So one must simply help it to be sick, to have its whole sickness and to break out of it and to break out with it since that is the way it gets better. Mm -hmm. Made me cry. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That really is so beautiful. Yeah. Such a beautiful way of looking at it. And so reading that, I'm like, yes, this is what resonates true to my heart. Mm -hmm. Because now then whatever emotions are coming up, it's just like, I, and I've known this, you know, I'm like, okay, if you mm -hmm. really want to break these old patterns of depression and stuff, you know what, you're going to have to get really, really, really good at feeling. Mm -hmm. And you're surrendering. Gonna you're going to get mm -hmm. surrendering to the mm -hmm. whatever is mm -hmm. coming up, whatever you are feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you read quotes like that and that kind of messaging, which is a completely different approach than the illness model or right. the disease model, immediately, can't you feel it? How your heart softens? Totally. I got goosebumps and tears came to my eyes just by listening. And that's just like, that's what I call my spirit or the awareness reaffirming something's true within me when I don't have to think about it. And it just opens me up like that and makes me feel good. So that definitely resonated with me. Yeah. So it's the opposite mm -hmm. of fear. And I mean, yeah. it kind of goes back to, you know, as you get more spirit led and more body and more in tune with your body and more in tune with your inner knowledge, you can tap back into that to see what feels true and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, as I read that, I'm like, okay, that's, that's what leads to surrendering is like, we're not going to stigmatize it. And, and as I, as I allow like the waves of emotion to come through me, in the way that mm -hmm. they need to it's it's an emotional cleansing that my body is doing it's not something that needs to be stopped or needs to be figured out or even needs to be understood as right. much as felt totally i'm realizing that in my own life and all these different ways too i i've been sometimes resistant to stuff and just to allow myself to rest and to feel and to sit with and to not run away from and then eventually be able to surrender and let go and see yourself outside but constantly being taught this lesson and 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 first it was with myself and now it's with family members and loved ones struggling so bad so it's become a spiritual journey in its own way because when you're struggling yourself you always know you know i always thought that i had the i had something that could turn it around and um, see myself outside but when you see somebody you love so much going through that's its own that's it's been its own spiritual thing for me so I'm relating that to now I have to let these things come and go and feel them, people I love, but without taking them on as my own. That has been something I've been struggling with. So yeah, that's definitely something I'm struggling with right now is to be there for somebody you love so much, but to not take it on as your own. How have you been doing that? I'm trying my best to learn. <laughs> I'm trying my best to learn how to be there for people 
in the best way that maybe they need me to and not maybe always the way that I think is the best. So it's been holding space, listening, loving, but then I don't know. I have family members that are really struggling. I can't go into too much information right now because it's so current and I can't really speak on it, but a lot of really heavy stuff and just learning, just learning how to be present and feel it all and to still hurt for my family members and be there and love them, but still to not make their suffering my reality because I can be there and I can share in the pain and I can cry with them and I can hold space, but I have a hard time letting that go and I can't stop thinking about them suffering. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work through, but I also understand in the same, in the same sentence, I understand that without my suffering and all of my dark nights, I wouldn't be me and my journey wouldn't even make sense with all my tough times. So understanding that I may not understand why life is putting them through this right now, but it maybe will make sense one day. And that if I wouldn't have struggled so much that I wouldn't be so strong. So seeing this from that perspective helps me. But when it's somebody you love hurting so bad, it's just hard. That's what kept coming up in my mind as you were talking is just, it's their journey. It's their journey. Mm -hmm, just like we mm -hmm. have such an individualized journey that our spirit, while we are all connected, like our spirit has come here to endure the peaks and the valleys and everything that, mm. that we're going through because it's going, that's what's helping us rise. That's what's helping us bloom. Right. And it can mm -hmm, be so mm -hmm. tough because I've definitely been in the the situation where someone who I love is just suffering and I'm and it just breaks me. It breaks mm -hmm, me. It's like, why? Mm -hmm. Why is life doing this to them? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, it used to weigh me down to a point where I was like, I'm gonna have to like be the savior of everyone. I'm gonna have to have like 10 jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like, mm -hmm. how am I gonna make this happen? <laughs> like totally. I don't want anyone to suffer. And mm -hmm. the only thing that really freed me from that was like truly believing that the universe is also here to see them rise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's the only thing in, in my work as a therapist is being able to take on that mindset too of, mm -hmm. I, we could never understand, like, I could never understand what waves of grief or waves of depression or at times waves of anxiety are doing within my body. It's something I just have to surrender to, mm -hmm. let it play out, hold witness to it and trust the intelligence of my own emotional system mm -hmm. to work mm -hmm. that out. So I can never fully understand what, through the reasoning mind, what somebody else might need to go through within themselves mm -hmm to arrive at a point of greater clarity or maybe not clarity. Maybe their mm. journey just isn't going to fully include that, but who am mm. I, who am I to shortcut their, right. their process? Right. Right. I agree. I agree. I, I'm learning. That. It is hard to, to keep my space and just allow them their journey and their path. But I agree. I agree. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, we're always talking about that on here. Like the difference between having all this higher consciousness um, wisdom and insights and knowledge. And then at the same time, being very human, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, we can know all that. But the moment that you see somebody you love and suffering, every part of you just wants to bring them out. Totally. And then at the end of the day, I guess it's all when you scope all the way out in awareness, it's all really beautiful. Other people's pain, our pain to be able to exist as a human being, to feel all of these things and go through all these up and downs to come to these awakenings and realizations and knowing you're the awareness all the time. It's really when you can, when I can step back and get to this place, it's nothing but perfect and beautiful to me. It's just when I kind of get stuck in it, but scoping all the way back to just know I'm a human being that gets X amount of days to exist on this earth. I got so many people I love. I get to feel so much good and bad people I love feel so much good and bad. It's hard. It's hard to really be anything but excited when I can talk myself into this space. That's so real. That's so real. Yeah. Whenever I start viewing things from the soul perspective, I'm like, this is a yeah. miracle. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you got to do that a couple of times. Yeah. You just want to like explode yeah. with the magic of everything that's happening. Totally. Totally. And it keeps getting easier to get to that place where before it would happen once every couple months. And now pretty much if I'm having a bad day, I can meditate and get out of it. Not to say I don't have any bad days ever, but before it would be weeks or months or years of bad days in a row. And now if I have a bad day, I know things I can do to pop 
pop out of it and change my mindset. What's your process for getting back into that space of I'm in love with and excited about life and this whole existence? My, my thing every day. Okay. So big thing for me is no stimulation in the morning, no phone, no, just being really in a heart space, being with my own heart and imagination as I wake up and just being extremely present in my body giving my thanks. I like to go out and be really conscious and do conscious breathing every morning. And then that leads me into a meditation. And that usually lasts maybe two hours total. And then I'll do some stretching and be all in my body, my mind, my spirit. And I'll feel so free at that point mixed with the no stimulation all day or in the morning. That's big for me. And then after I do that, it's like, and sometimes when I get lazy and I'm in a bad place, then I don't do that. I don't do all the things that I know I should do. But any day I do all the things that I know I should do, it's it's 100% better every time. And it's eating the right foods. It's it's moving my body. It's getting sunlight. It's being really aware of my breath. It's being aware of everything, basically, of my senses, what I can hear, taste, smell, and be so conscious of everything as I possibly can. And And I found it like, even the little things, just walking. When I used to walk, I used to see it as like this exercise or this chore if I had to go work out. But now I am, when I'm in this place, I'm like, no, I get to go move my body. I get to go move in nature and I'm excited to do these things. So um, yeah, just putting myself in my spirit by big things, meditating, eating right, spending time around good energy, watching my time on the phone, sunlight, and a lot of hydration. And that's it. That's like, those are the big things for me. Some, something that I always love telling people is that, or sharing is that if you just keep taking the very next step, just every single Mm. moment, every single day, everything is going to click into place in a way that Mm. you never could have even imagined. Mm -hmm. So you do these things now and it's easier for you to fall into this surrendered, trusting, loving space on your journey when you were in the darker clouds, were Mm. you doing these things and how, like, were you just blindly trusting that like this will clear up somehow, some way, I don't know how, but it will, or how did that look? Yeah, I was, I was blindly trusting. I was, I mean, I knew that at least all I could do is give myself the best possible chance and to do everything right. So I was, I was, when I was struggling, I was only, I was eating extremely healthy diet, fruits, vegetables, all the healthy things. I was drinking so much water, meditating, getting time and in sun and all this stuff. But I, they were working. And over time, they really showed me how much they work. But for so long, you know, like when you're doing these things just to do them, it's different than when you're really conscious about them. And back then I'd make a smoothie just knowing I'm supposed to eat it because fruits are healthy and just like, I wasn't present. I wasn't conscious. I wasn't aware about it. And now like just knowing all that that does for me and just being extremely, extremely conscious with everything I do. And over time in those years, it got to a place where I was like eerie. I realized how conscious I really could be and how many choices I really get to make in a day with it's my mind, my actions and how I was making the majority of them on, on autopilot, just waking up, doing the things that I should do or that I normally do without being conscious or aware of them or bringing them into my consciousness. I was living subconsciously or unconsciously. So I think over time, just doing the things we're talking about, the healthier things brought me in a better place to bring me to that awareness, to help me become more aware where then I could, hmm, then I can make it uh, more real, I guess, in a sense, because I saw how much it really was affecting. And then I got crazy with it. Then I realized, how every little thing does matter. And I started picking this up and that up and putting it all together and see what doesn't serve me and what helps and form this little thing. And then over time, I'm like, oh my gosh, all these things help so much. (laughs) But when I was in the middle of it, no, I I thought I'm doing them. I'm doing them going through the motions. I can't believe, you know, this isn't going to work. Just eating healthy and I I think I'm going to die. I think if I eat a banana, I'm going to be okay. It's not going to happen. So but it does. It does. So I hope everybody listening out there really does. All the little things really, really do matter. Um, 
more than I'm even conveying right now. Still something I'm learning. They really do. They really do. Mm-hmm. You just have to have it is it's blind trust in the beginning that I'm just going to do these things that everyone says is good mm-hmm. for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a depressed person eating fruit and exercising, like I'm still going to just keep yeah. doing it. <laughs> and then totally. it's slowly over time, you start feeling a little better and a little better and you're still doing it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everything clicks into place. And I mean, I just so wholeheartedly feel what you're saying with your journey because the same thing happened with me. Mm -hmm. And then it's after, then after everything clicks into place and you wake up and you start having a relationship to your food, you have a relationship. Totally. Totally. Now I know exactly what I touch. If I put in my body, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to mess me up or that's going to give me so much good life energy. Now I'm so aware and so conscious because I'm in this place of it. But before I was just, you know, like you're saying, just doing it. And you, it's crazy how you realize once you get a relationship with everything that is around you from your water to your fruit, and this might sound like, so just like crazy to people, but like, it's just so real that so real you to to everything, to the place that you live in, a relationship to all of that, you realize how connected and how it's all just energy. And what, mm-hmm. what are you, what energy are you existing in with these mm-hmm. things around you? And, and how do you view what's around you? If you view it in a very beautiful, loving, energetic space, mm-hmm. like you really mm-hmm. almost become this, like a, like a wizard of your life. You become a magician mm-hmm. and start creating this beautiful rainbow reality that you exist in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. I know. I know you know. I'm still learning this and realizing how, what you're saying, how infinite that statement really is. And I keep like pushing the boundaries on that. And like life keeps getting more beautiful and sweet, even with all the heavy stuff that keeps being added on, like it keeps getting better to levels I didn't know could exist. So that's really exciting. And to know it's not, you know, that it's really infinite. It's really infinite. It's so infinite. It's so infinite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. I know. <laughs> it's really exciting. Like anything, knowing anything is possible is really exciting. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Paula, mm-hmm. what were you going to say? I want to know about the relationship with your art. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So art, okay, so I loved art as a kid. Um, I just remember drawing a lot. Then there came a time where basketball became my whole life. I played on a traveling basketball team, and that's what I thought I was going to do with the rest of my life traveled to different states every week at basketball um, back when I lived in Illinois. And that was my whole childhood. So I got successful in that. And that's kind of who people knew me to be. That's who I kind of knew myself to be. And basketball was my thing. And then I just devoted so much time to that. I didn't make art or anything like that. And then basketball ended up ending. I was going to go play in college to a couple of different places. But that's when my grandma had gotten cancer right when I graduated high school. So I decided to stay back home and live with her and be done with that. And then that's kind of the spiritual awakening. And then all the darkness, all of the, those six years I told you about, I didn't make art a single time. I just journaled manically. I just journaled manically. That was literally it. I had a mood journal and a couple other journals. I have boxes of journals from the past up there, but that's all I did. And it wasn't until six years. That's how long I said about it lasted right about six years. Did I start like having this feeling of just like being this spirit. And I was with my wife and she took me to my first little, my first little festival. And I had, I don't know if this is too inappropriate, but I take it some sassafras and mushrooms and I was grooving. I was dancing. I wasn't a dancer. I didn't create, I didn't make art, but I danced all night, 10 hours and something unlocked in me there. And, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so infinite. I'm so infinite. Like what the heck? I could do anything I wanted to. And I just started dancing and I just started drawing and I just started painting and I just started doing all of these things that my dad always said, we're not dancers. We're not a creative family. We're not. And you just hear this stuff so many times that I was able to finally just shake that at this, at this festival. And that was kind of like the finale of all of the spiritual work I'd been doing. And then from there, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to express I want to express myself through this. I get it. Like, I just want to express. So at first it was these horrible images, like all the darkness that was still in my mind, even though I was getting over it, it was still in there and it wanted to come out. 
Um, so like the first six months or a year was just these horrific drawings with pastels mashed on paper and I would move them with my hand energetically to match the energy in the face that I was feeling within myself to try to get it out. So there's like hundreds of pieces of just like these horrifying faces <laughs> of these like horrifying faces. And then I was finally able to express that through art and get that out and channel it through art. And then right after that is when you start seeing these rainbow figures and these childlike designs and, and all this stuff you see now, all of these colors and love and all this stuff came from freeing myself. I, I, I'd call it just, you know, freeing myself and getting to this place of living within spirit and, uh, then I made it a goal to try to create a piece of art or a poem every day for a year, right, right after that festival. And I did that and made a poem and a piece of art every day for a year. And then I, that really was cool because it showed me how infinite I really am. And if I put my mind and my energy towards something, I could really do anything. I could make a piece of art every day. So just building off that. And now it's like, it was this thing I tried to make once a day, you know, as like this project. And now I do my meditations. I do my breathing. I eat my stuff. And it feels like there's already a poem or a picture waiting for me that I didn't even have to do. It's like I'm tapping into this energy and I'm grabbing something that already exists. Sometimes I'll be in a meditation and I'll see a whole picture in a poem right there, clear as day, and I can just grab it and put it down. And it almost feels wrong like to even take credit for some of it because I'm not sitting there thinking, what should I write about love? What should I... What should I think? I'm meditating and taking care of myself and tapping into this awareness, this energy, this vibration and pulling something that already exists. Because everything that I'm saying, nothing is new news to anybody. <laughs> We've been saying this for a long time. Nothing that I'm saying to anybody isn't something that people have probably been saying since the beginning of time. I'm just trying to put it in my fun, own expressive way where I can get as many people of all ages, diversities, cultures, and backgrounds to be able to take this message. Your artwork, they're all reminders of what so much of us forgot because of this very linear status built society. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it just, you've made yourself such an open, clear channel of love that mm. it makes sense. You know, it's like the universe is, these artworks, they, they come to you because you're so open. You're so mm -hmm. open and mm -hmm. they just feel, this is why I, I resonate so much with you because when I see them, I'm like, yes, like my, it's like my spirit recognizes it. I'm like, yes, yes. That's exactly mm -hmm. like, it's so beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Some of the Thank most, you. some of the most well, I've had, I've, I've been lucky to be around a few really, really, really incredible artists in my life and two in particular that are just really prolific artists. And they mm -hmm. both say the same thing that you're saying right now, Cody, about being vessels, mm -hmm. you know, that it's almost mm -hmm. like it feels like, you know, artists that, that get to that point, it, it feels weird to even take credit for it because it's just, it's just coming through you. You're the vessel through which it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I, and it's really beautiful because that vessel really is infinite. And I'm even finding within myself, my own art, like, I'm limiting myself. Sometimes I'll even get caught. I'll think oh, I'll go write a poem because I'm, I'm a poet or I like poetry, but even that is limiting where I'm realizing I'm just a vessel. And some days I'll go write a poem, but maybe I want to dance or maybe I want to do nothing. And to not even put this pressure on myself is like, Hmm, I don't know. I guess it's hard to explain, but I'm realizing that even in my own art that I really am this vessel and I'm not this art. I'm so much more. And I, I don't know right now I've kind of taken this title as this person online as this artist or something, but I'm just a human being and I'm so much more than an artist. And I don't even want to label or limit myself to that. Cause some days, like I said, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a do stuff in fashion. I want to do nothing. And I, don't even like holding the idea or label of anything in particular in my own head because it seems to be limiting other than like you say vessel or infinite or spirit that's the only thing i'd like to be called yeah you're not you, you know? go beyond an identity mm, mm. you're an energy Thank you're an energy and energy is neither it it's, can't be destroyed it can't be it just moves it mm. moves and it morphs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it feels good to be that and not have to be anything yes I think I'm trying to live more. That. That's when you become so open that you are a direct channel to, to helping raise the vibration of, of the universe. Mm, mm, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like you've mm-hmm. devoted yourself to the universe and not as a sac- sacrifice sounds like way too heavy, but you've devoted yourself as this open channel. I feel like mm-hmm. when we do that, we really we're held by the universe always and consistently. But mm-hmm. when we surrender ourselves over to the energy that we are is when we wake up to how deeply held we are. Mm, 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 mm. I agree. I agree. It makes me feel good just hearing you say that. What, what I get a lot from your story, Cody, is um, that by taking the time to really love on yourself, and like mm-hmm. really love into your body and your breath and the foods that you're giving yourself and bringing yourself that conscious space and and attention and and tenderness you were able to start embodying more and more that energy of love absolutely and then it just absolutely. and then it just started flowing through you so i guess that's that's kind of that's kind of the story of of the healing journey in many ways mhm 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 it really is all beautiful when you put it like that, thinking about the whole journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels good to say the word vessel. I don't hear that word used too often. I really like that word. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> we, something that I heard um, you say the other day on one of your, I don't know if it was a, somewhere on your Instagram, that you've never taken a sip of alcohol. No, uh-uh, never. That's wild. Never. It's wild. So I don't know anybody else that's done that. But yeah, I grew up um, family struggle with alcohol. I saw a lot of bad things. And I just knew from such a young age, I just had so many conscious thoughts at such a young age, like that drilled so hard within my being that I don't want to explore that path. I don't want to explore that path. And I knew so young from seeing the things I did at a young age that I just didn't want to explore that path. And it wasn't meant for me in this life. And I've just known that everybody around me almost it's been like crazy because almost everybody around me um at times and a lot of my circles have struggled with that in particular a lot so really kind of ironic that i never touched it but yeah i knew at a young age that what i wanted in life that that wouldn't go hand in hand with it Mm -hmm. how did that impact because we've actually been touching on this topic of alcohol for the past three podcasts in uh-huh. around, like really kind of exploring um, its mm-hmm. impact and all that. How did that influence your socializing? Growing up? <laughs> you know, I wasn't, growing up, um, I was already, I was pretty dang social as it was, but I was kind of always doing my thing, not maybe what everybody else would do. I wasn't always going to the parties. I was just kind of doing what I like to do, playing basketball, spending, spent a lot of time with my family growing up. It's my best friends, brother, sister, mom, dad. So like spent most weekends at home watching movies, playing games with my family. Um, Yeah, that kind of stuff. I wasn't super, super social. I just wasn't into what everybody was into in high school and especially college because I was living with my grandma working at a hospital. Um, But yeah, I think I just maybe lived a little bit different of a social life than most. (laughs) That's even because I have a brother and sister and we live totally different social lives. So yeah, I just think I was a little bit different. That's what it is, honestly. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but mm-hmm. the mainstream socializing in our world <laughs> is rooted around alcohol. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I wish I could go into more detail about how personal this is in my life right now. But yeah, I can't. This is what have been on my, my mind and my heart a lot. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah, absolutely. The it's so it's so rooted in in like the mainstream socializing process. I don't know how it became like that. You know, it'd be an interesting Mm -hmm. kind of like history dive for for me to get into. Um, I know it would be interesting. But yeah, but just it it it's like if you do choose the route of no alcohol, what I've noticed for the Mm -hmm. most part, you it tends to take you in a path outside of the mainstream. (laughs) I spent a lot of time alone. Yeah, I do. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had a hard time making friends that are super into what I'm into. I've had a hard time forming a real spiritual community that is really into what I'm into everywhere I've lived. It's definitely been a challenge and a lonelier journey than most but I'm not willing to sacrifice it <laughs> at the end of the day. I'm just not willing to sacrifice it. That's so it's beautiful. Yeah. But it has calls for more loneliness. It definitely has caused for less friends and less 
less things, which would be more fun in life over in time. But again, not willing to go somewhere, do something where the energy's, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say the energy's lower, higher, anything like this, but I know what I want to do in this life. I know why I came here. I know who I am. I just, I know what I want to do right now. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's basically as simple as it is. Yeah. that we resonate with that very deeply yeah very mm-hmm. deeply you know mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot too about just authenticity and 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 living from a place of integrity to who you are regardless of what the rest of the world is doing and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. valuable that is so totally well as we're closing up we have a question that we ask everyone and yeah. although it may seem like you answered this already we're just going to do it again <laughs> yeah. What is mental health for you? Hmm. Hmm. Mental health for me, mental health for me would be would be everything to me comes back to self-love because when I'm taking care of myself and I'm seeing myself as love and I'm doing the things that I know are good for me and making me the best version of myself you know, all of the things, you, there's millions of them, but, but when I'm doing those things that are good for myself, that are bringing me into what I, what I call, and everybody calls it something different. I call it my awareness, my spirit, my soul, but anything that brings me more in there instead of stuck in that, the cave of my mind that I was in for so long. So any of the things that help bring me into awareness and to feeling present is what mental health is for me. And, and, it takes the look of so many different forms. Like I, like we talked about meditating, journaling, creating, eating, right? Like all of these things. And it goes way beyond that towards what we're thinking, how we're spending every moment, who we're spending our time with, what we're listening to, what we're watching, what shows where it's so, so, so deep, but mental health to me is just taking care of yourself in all ways. And I think that a lot of people don't think they know how to, but if you just close your eyes and tune in and ask yourself, should I do this or should I do this? Or is this good for me or is this not good for me? I think most people would be surprised how um, how many answers they already have within themselves if they trusted. Mm, I love that. Our, yeah. our inner compass yeah. is always ready mm-hmm. to guide us. Always, always. I could close my eyes right now and ask a question. Ask a question. I my soul would already let me know. I wouldn't need anybody else's answers. Like I, I, you know, it's just when you know, you know, so trust that, trust that. That's why it's so powerful Mm -hmm. to, to that alone time is powerful. That, that stillness is so powerful because it's, I, at least I found in my own journey that it's in the moments of emptiness and the space Mm -hmm. of emptiness is where my guide is the loudest. My intuition, my Mm -hmm. compass is the loudest. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, before we go, yeah. hold on. I, I do this with everyone and I'm going to need to do it with you. So I'm going to guess your zodiac okay. sign. Do you know it? Don't tell me. Well, if you, I think I you know, know your birthday, so you can just tell me. I know okay. my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guessing it? No, not, I'm guessing your sign, not your birthday. Okay. Okay. Oh God. Okay. There's three signs, but I'm just going to this always makes me sweat. Okay. Um, <laughs> one, there's two competing ones right now. Libra and Gemini. Uh-huh. Oh, you had Libra. it first. Ver- yeah, you knew, knew right it. away. That's You're first. You're it's always like that. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Hey, you just, you just tapped into that place we were talking about. I'm telling you. How the heck did you guess my birthday? Huh? How the heck did you just guess my, my sign? I feel it. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. <laughs> She's a fortune teller. <laughs> that's cool. Right after we were talking about the tapping in, oh, and you just get that's amazing. That's cool. <laughs> uh, thank you so right, much Cody. for coming in with us. This was such an amazing yeah. conversation. Thanks for having me, guys. And I'm getting a bunch of new um clothes made today so if you guys send me an address or something i'd love to send you a little thank you oh absolutely we will wrap your shirt <laughs> every day yes oh uh, cool i got some really cool stuff coming today that people haven't seen so i'd love to send you guys a little oh, care package would love that. Thank, yeah. you. thank you of course. tell us where where can everyone find you 
<laughs> just on Instagram and the website. This is the only social media I've ever had. Um, just started it a couple of years ago. I'm really not out there. It's just, <laughs> it's just Instagram and then artoflovingnow.com is where I kind of put some different videos and clothes and stuff like that. But I don't like to always put all that on my Instagram because again, I don't want to be selling a bunch of stuff. The message is love. If you want to buy it, they want to buy it. But yeah, just the website and Instagram. And it's That's at it. Sister Cody. Yep. Yep. Perfect. We'll put it in the show notes for everyone to go find. You guys need to go look at his artwork. You will, your soul will respond quickly. Thanks guys. Yes. It's, it's all love. Uh Thank you so much. It's good medicine. It's good medicine. Thank you guys for creating this place. Honestly, this open loving space for people to come on and to bear their souls because what you've created really is special. And to create a space where somebody feels comfortable sharing is just as sacred is like so sacred. So couldn't think of a cooler space. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean it. Thank, and thank you for, yeah. for having the courage and just the open heart to share so freely on here. Um, of course. I was happy to. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. My cheeks are from smiling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll be in touch and... And this will come out on Monday. And tomorrow's my oh, awesome. my birthday. So this is like a birthday oh. gift for me. I've been wanting you on here. Oh, the time happy your birthday. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. And I definitely got to send you a care package. <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily receive it. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you guys. It was a beautiful day. Have an amazing thank day, Cody. Mwah. Thank you so much for tuning into this amazing conversation with Sister Cody. It was a beautiful one. We love having you guys as a part of this journey. And we hope that you're out there being kind to yourselves. We love you with our whole souls from the tops of our heads to the tips of our toes. Pretty mental fam. <laughs> Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. Oh my gosh. Side note. I've been listening to Mike Los queremos mucho and this is not okay. My Why? American accent is like getting strong. What? I need a Spanish family out here to speak to because <laughs> I have not spoken Spanish to anyone around here because... You're going to have to just start listening to Spanish music. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is, I need to go move back to Colombia for like He's a saying month. Los Caramas Mucho. No, I no didn't don't do that to me. I That's didn't rude. notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not as Colombian Spanish sounding as it typically is. Since I've moved away from the family, I'm not speaking in Spanish as much. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you can go spend some time in Colombia. Anyway, get, get you a Spanish boyfriend out there. That'll help. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> I'll just go to Colombia. <laughs> okay. Los queremos, Los queremos mucho. mucho. <laughs> Be kind to yourselves, pretty mental family. Mwah. Peace out. Tune in every Monday at 6 a.m. EST and follow us at Pretty Mental Official. Come say hello. Bye. Bye.